Today I want to share with you at a place that I find myself. It's not a a place that I could say I want to be, but it's the place where I am. It's a place in my life that I didn't expect to be, but that's where I'm at. So in 2021, I pivoted. I said, Lord, what would you have me do? I need to shift. I'm in the second half of my life. How many people are in the second half of, my, of their life? Three, four, five, and me, six, seven. Thank you, Russell. I really appreciate that. There's something to be said to be in the second half of your life. Don't, don't laugh at us. We know something. Okay. So I'm in the second half of my life. I'm saying, Lord, my season here at this church is up. What would you have me do? So I pivoted. I stepped out in faith. And 2021 was an amazing, amazing, amazing year. I loved it. Had so much success, so much fun, so many connections, so many new opportunities, so many new doors. And at the end of December, I was like, man, 2022 is going to be the bomb. We're going to rock 2022. Deuces, right? Deuces. So 2022 starts, and it's not like 2021. start to struggle. Business isn't what I expected. Companies aren't moving forward as fast as I would have liked. Kind of my purpose got cloudy. And then stuff started happening. Start getting palpitations and heart, irregular heartbeat and all kind of things, because I'm stressed. I'm just, I'm tripping, right? I'm, I'm like, God, what's going on, man? 2021 was awesome. Did I not tithe? Did I, I mean, I didn't go, I didn't do anything. I didn't buy a Mercedes, not that I could, but I didn't, right? So what's going on here? And things got a little bit harder and a little bit harder, and I felt like I was in the fire. Everybody ever been in the fire? Everybody ever put their hand over a stove? Anybody ever get burned? If you haven't, don't try it. It's not an experience you want, trust me. But I felt like I was in the fire. And many times I felt like I was alone in the fire. I felt like there was no way out. Everywhere I turned around, there was a fire. I felt helpless. I felt alone. So today I want to talk to you from that place in my life. I just want you to let you know, forward to the end of the story, I'm not there anymore. I'm not alone. I'm still in the fire, but I'm not alone. Amen. I'm not hopeless. Yeah. And I see what God is doing. Yes. Okay. So I want to talk to you about this guy named, well, from the book of Daniel and a little before we read chapter three, I just want to give you a kind of an idea of what's going on. So there's this king, King Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he conquers the people of Israel, God's people, and he takes them captive and makes them live in exile, and one of those people that he captured was Daniel. Everybody knows who Daniel is. There's a whole book written about him. Today, we're not talking about Daniel. We're talking about his three best friends, which was Cedrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So here's the problem why I have trouble with this, is because whenever I say those names, I think of them in Spanish, and the, the, the transition from here to here, I struggle. If you speak more than one language, you'll know what I'm talking about. So, 
So th- there's this whole thing going on. On chapter 3, he kinda, he, the king kind of loses his mind, and he says, well, I'm a god, I'm a king, and they convince him he's a god, and he decides to construct an idol. Uh, you know what? Why don't we just read it? It'd, it'd probably be a lot easier. What do you think? Yeah? Okay, so let's read it. So King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. How many people know that's big? You don't know that's big because you don't know what a cubit is, right? It's like 90 feet. It's like a huge thing. And set it up on the, on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. This is like in the middle of town, like in the center. Like you couldn't go anywhere without seeing this thing. And he then summoned the satraps, the, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and every other homie that was in town, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So he set this thing up. Now he's going to do like a big inauguration. And all, uh, um, uh, yes, and, and so the satraps and prefects and governors and advisors and treasurers, boy, this is a lot of words, <laughs> judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up, and they all stood before it. So check it out. We're here, and there's this big 90-foot thing here of, of Pastor Ryan? No no, 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 not Pastor Ryan. Okay, so this, somebody, somebody's here, right? And they're standing there, and we're all here, and now we got to get up, and they're about to unveil. They're going to pull the curtain off of it, and we're going to see this giant statue. So then uh, the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and all peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. We probably don't have furnaces in Florida I grew up with furnaces. I know what a furnace was. I remember when I was when I was when I misbehaved, they would send me down to the basement with the furnace. And the furnace was a very scary thing because I thought the devil lived in the furnace, and so I didn't like going down there. But you, this is another. So next. Uh, Seven. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flew the they all bowed down and worshipped that gold, that image of gold that the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now. For the people in Babylon at that time, this was not a big deal. See, their lives were, well, it's just another God. Let's add them to the list. We'll worship that God. It didn't matter to them. They were just adding another God. Sound familiar? I think that happens today somehow, some way. But we'll talk about that. At this time, the Australians came forward and denounced the Jews. And they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of your majesty, of the horn, flute, zyre, lyre, harp, pipe, uh, and all kind of music, including Snoop Dogg, must fall down and worship the image of gold. And, the wor- and, and that whoever does not fall down will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, there's always a but, right? There are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province. So these aren't like average captives. These were people that were educated and talented, and the king saw some talent in them. They had wisdom, they had smarts, and they were separated to do some things. So these are the guys. So then he says, you set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. Paid no attention to you, your majesty. So this isn't even about a statue. This is about somebody's pride. Yeah. This is about somebody who says, say what? 
They don't, what? Look at somebody next to you and say, say what? But, but you got to say it like, say what? You can't say, say what? That, that, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. And they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Next. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned the Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? You ever did that to your kids? Is it true? Yeah, way too many times. Is it true, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? See, it's I have set up the image of gold that is like me. So this is, this is a little pride thing going on here. And, and now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, I made, then very good. It's all forgiven. I can overlook this. However, if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God? So, so this, is, this is the epitome, the, the pinnacle, the height of his arrogance that I have made. I will throw you into a furnace. And then what God? Because there were a lot. What God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So he really did think he was a God. And this was important that you worship this idol. So this is my favorite part. I would love to say that this is how I would have responded if I was there. But I probably wouldn't have. I don't know. Cedric Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Listen very carefully. They did not say, the God we serve will deliver us from it. There's a silence in the room. I know. When I read this and, I, and it hit me, I was like, oh, dang, I've been doing it wrong. See, they said the God that we serve is able. We know he can do this. And then, they say, he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And this is the part I love. But even if he does not, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will not serve your gods or worship the image you have set up. Oh, no. Oh, no. You didn't get this. I got to read it again. I got to read it again. But even if he does not... We want you to know, your majesty, with all due respect, you the king, you got props, we're giving you props, that we will not, we will not, we will not bend down, give in, submit to, accept, compromise, nor worship the idol you have set up. Here's here's what I, I need you to see from this. Many times, we go into prayer this way. God, I know you will. That's how we go into prayer. I know you will. But then he doesn't. What happened to our prayer? So I know you will, and we wait for him to will. 
We've got this nice little package in our head. We've got this thing set up, how God is exactly going to do this. I'm pretty sure they were sitting there. We're going, yeah, this fire is burning. And, you know, uh, somehow, way, God's going to do this. It would be nice if we got in there and the flames went out and there was air conditioning and a palm tree. And maybe somebody came up and served us some lemonade. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know. But we always have a, a way of thinking. God, you will. The problem is, is that when we go into prayer that way, We've just eliminated the will of God. We've just limited God from being God. And we've limited him to being our servant. Hmm. Do I need to say that again? Okay. So when we do that, we limit God. So God, you will do this. But what if God has a different plan? What if God has a different purpose? You see, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, a couple of years ago, you said, God, I want to know you. I want to know who you are. I've read about these heroes in the Bible. Oh, how I wish I could know you that way. And then we enter prayer when we're in the fire and say, God, uh, you will do it this way. You will deliver me. And God's going, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, which one is it? Do you want to know me or you want me to take you out of it? What, what do you want? Next. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious. I'd be mad too. And Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. How many people know that it was already hot enough? It was already hot enough. Have you ever touched coal fire? Anybody? Anybody ever touched coal fire? Anybody touch fire that's hotter than other fire? This to me is hot. I don't, want, I don't want anything to do with it. Okay, so then it says, and he ordered it seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie it up to Cedric Mason. He, he didn't even just throw them in there. He tied them up. Yeah. Like he was thinking, just in case. <laughs> just in case this dude, this dude God that they're talking about is, does something, he's going to have to untie them. So he won't have a chance. He won't have a chance. So tied them up and... These men were wearing the robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes. Why does the Bible make mention that they were dressed this way? Like, it could have just said, hey, he tied them up and threw them in. That's like a detail that you go, big deal. Right? You'll see in a second. The king's command was so urgent, and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed, killed the soldiers who took up Cedric, Mesach, and Abednego, uh, and Abednego. Uh, see, I'm trying to say it in Spanish again. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Don't read ahead. Don't read ahead. Don't read ahead. <laughs> Under normal circumstances, would these men have burned? Okay, good. So you didn't read ahead. And then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, weren't there three men? We tied up and threw into the fire. And they replied, yeah, you're right. That was right. We threw three guys in there. Next. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth one looks like the son of the gods. Come on, people. you got to get excited here. 
It's easy to serve God when he shows up. It's hard to trust God when you don't see him. So these guys are in the fire, and I'm telling you right now, they, were pro- they probably peed in the pants. Right before they were going in, they said, well, okay, we're going to see you, God. But when they got in, it says there was a fourth one, and they were walking around the furnace. That's because they saw him. Here's the thing, guys. Why is it that we got to wait for God to show up to walk around in the furnace? When he's already promised you that he is going to be with you. He is by your side. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. Come on, this is something to get excited about, people. I'm going to tell you right now, you can go through the hardest thing you've ever gone through in your life. God will be right there, right by your side, right where he always is. The question is, do you recognize that? Do you recognize him? Do you know what his presence is like? And do you know what his comfort is like? And the only way to know that is to get your butt in the fire. Why are we afraid of trials and tribulations? You know, Jesus said, there's one thing for certain, guys. In life, there's going to be tribulations. But do you know why he said that? He said, be of good cheer, people. Don't worry about it. I got this. I have overcome the world. Here's the thing that these guys knew. And I might have to just stop right there because I don't don't even know where I'm at. (laughs) Hold on. But here's here's one thing that these guys knew. They knew that they were not in their home. They knew they were in exile. They knew they were foreigners in a foreign land. So to them, whatever happened to them there, they knew that wasn't their home. They had a home. Hello. Where's your home? Please don't tell me it's somewhere here in Seminole Heights. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we are eternal. You see this ugly shell that you see before you? This ain't going to heaven. Thank you. I could stay in the fire. It's not going. Our destination is eternity. And the most important thing to us right now is expanding the kingdom of God, making sure that people know about the love of Jesus, making sure that we make a difference. Let me ask you a question. How does people know that you're a Christian? How do people know that you have Jesus in your life? Because you go to church? Because you wear a shirt that says local city church? (laughs) I mean, those things are nice. I like the shirt. They're really cool. Whoever designed them. Kudos. You know how they know? It's because you do two things. The word love. Love as a noun and love as an action. No limitations. No limitations. This ain't even in my notes. I don't know what's going on here. No limitations. That's the most important thing. Whatever you do, do for the glory of God. If you're going to be in the fire, be in the fire for the glory of God. Because somebody else is in the fire. And they need to learn how to be in the fire. They need to know that God has not left them. God has not abandoned them. God has not forsaken them. God has not forgotten them. And I want you to know today, God's not forgotten you. And if you're in the fire, say thank you. You trust me, Lord. You trust me. And Lord, how can, I, how can I learn more about how awesome you are? 
Because it's one thing when God does a miracle when things are going well. Oh, I just, I just got this job, and, and it's worth the X amount of money. Oh, look, I got another one. Thank you, Lord. You're so cool. But when God heals you of cancer, or God restores your marriage, or God saves one of your children, oh, the thanksgiving and the appreciation is different. You begin to see a different God. You begin to see a God that's not concerned about your now. He's more concerned about your future, about your later, about making sure that you and I spend eternity with him. Real quick. These guys were true to God. These are your notes. They remain faithful to God. So what would I say to you? Remain true. Remain true to God no matter what happens. Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not grow weary of doing what is right. James 2, chapter 1, 2, and 3 says, blessed is the one who remains steadfast under trial. They entrusted themselves into God's hands. They had strong faith in God. Let me tell you something. The only way you're going to have strong faith in God is you can pray, you can worship, you can come to church, but you got to get into your word. You got to get to know who God is. You got to read your word. It is not a book to hold down things underneath of, of it. It is life. It is our manual, our instructions. The only way you're going to get to know, the only way your faith is going to grow is to get into the word of God. And I believe that that's one of the issues that our society and our world has today. Is that we've decided that the word of God is read through whoever's speaking on the platform. That it's interpreted through whoever's speaking on the platform. And that's all well and good, but people, until you don't grab your Bible and get into your Bible and your word, you ain't never going to find out who God is to you. That's just the bottom line. God, they had strong faith in God. Then, I want you to remember. We're doing a Remember Sunday. We do this and remember something. Well, remember, entrust yourself into God's hands. What does that mean? That means, God, if I'm going in the fire, I'm going with you. God, if I'm going to have a victory, I'm going with you. God, if I'm going to talk to somebody about something, I'm going with you. Entrust yourself. Hebrews 13, 6, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I looked in the mirror in the morning, and I read this verse, and I said, y'all can have it. Y'all can have what I'm looking at because what God's got for me is so much better, so much greater. God was with them. He didn't let them go it alone. He, look at somebody next to you and say, you ain't alone, man. You ain't alone. Remember, God will be with you. He may not do it the way you want. You might have to go through the fire, but one thing is guaranteed. You ain't got to go alone. Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 43.2, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Can I tell you, if you read ahead, you know that these boys, they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. You go to a restaurant and sit outside where they smoking, you don't even have to light up. Get in your car. You smell like Marlboros 
or whatever they smoke these days. These boys were in a furnace. They were barbecue, and they didn't even smell like smoke. This is the kind of God that I serve. And then God came through for them. See, God didn't remove the furnace. He didn't say, okay, well, the king's going to have a heart attack. He's going to drop dead. The statue's going to fall. The sky's going to open. I'm going to say my angels. We're going to cut some heads, and then, and then you're free. He, he didn't do that. He didn't even show up until they were in the fire. But God did come through for them. Yes. Yes. The fire had no power over them. And finally, remember that God came through for you. This is the last point. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God is faithful. He will not let you be tested beyond your ability. But with testing, he will also provide the way to escape that you may be able to endure it. Here's what I want you to know. I close with this, Pastor Ryan. The way to escape is not a what. It's a who. Did you hear what I said? The way to escape from your testing is not a what, it's not a how, it's a who. Jesus, he himself, is the way that he has provided for us to escape when the testing becomes too hard. He is the way to endure when the testing becomes too hard. And he is the reason to go through it when we finally get through the test. So remember, people, four things, if I could get my iPad to work. Remember to be true to God. Remember to entrust God into you, to entrust yourself into God's hands. Remember, God will be with you. And finally, remember, God will come through yes. for you. Let's go ahead and get ready to pray, Pastor Ryan.